Hello and welcome back to another IDC Tech Talk podcast. As always, I'm your host, Miles Dawson, and today I'm very happy to welcome Hannah Breeze to the podcast. Hello, Hannah. Hi. Uh, Hannah, could you give us a quick overview of your core coverage at IDC? Yeah, sure. So I'm a senior research analyst at the um, in the European Channels and Alliances um, business at IDC. So we cover um, everything channel, I guess. So the relationships between um, vendors and their um, their business partners, um, and all sorts of different partners, I guess, in the ecosystem. So um, traditional resellers and MSPs, through to some of the newer partners as well, the digital um, agencies and influencers, um, and companies like that as well. So really broad coverage. Um, in the um, in the European Western Europe um, uh, region. That's great. Thank you very much. So today we are here to talk about cloud alliances. So um, at the moment, if you look out in the market, it seems to be a lot forming around this area at the moment. So why are there so many cloud alliances forming, and uh, what do the companies involved hope to be able to achieve from this? Yeah, no, definitely. There are lots more um, cloud alliances forming at the moment, and it's a lot more common today than it has been um, in the past. And there are a lot of reasons, I guess, behind that. But I suppose to begin with, let me just take a step back and kind of define what we mean when we talk about strategic alliances. Um, Because obviously looking um, at the channel, there's loads of different partnerships um, and a strategic alliance is defined slightly differently. So we have uh, about three key um, definitions that we use to define um, what a strategic alliance is. The first one is that it's two or more organisations um, that are working together to create value and revenue opportunities. Um, it doesn't need to just be two. We've got you know tie-ups like VCE, which is obviously three companies. Um, but that's um, that's the first point. The second one is that it's a kind of a long-term and a formal agreement. So a lot of strategic alliances are sort of brokered specifically by the CEO and they're looked after um, at a senior executive level. Um, and the third one, and for me, this is the most important one, it's to do with um, that these alliances, the results of them or the outcomes of them have got to be something that's it's got to achieve something, I guess, that couldn't be done by the individual constituent parts. So it's about creating something that's new and valuable that they couldn't do um, on their own. So that's the, um, that's the third point and for me the most important. So that's how we define a strategic alliance and we're seeing lots more of these specifically in the cloud space. Um, so to answer your question of, of why it's happening, there's, there's a sort of a couple of specific reasons, but they're all down to um, digital transformation in the main, which probably not a surprise. Um, so as digital transformation is really accelerating in the industry, um, a sort of a wider range of cloud services are becoming available. This is because um, cloud is a, a key driver of digital transformation and the adoption of that is, is really rising um, in that context. So with cloud becoming more common, customers are becoming more demanding. With cloud services, they can have more specific outcomes and, and sort of you know, outcome-based solutions um, more so than they did in the past. So what they want are solutions and not necessarily um, sort of individual products. So with this in mind, it puts vendors in the predicament of how are they going to service all of these increasingly niche and increasingly specialised solutions. So they've got a couple of options. Um, They can try and build them themselves, which can be um, timely, or they can um, acquire other businesses, which again is is timely and and expensive. But the other option um, 
is to form these strategic alliances, not to say that it doesn't require um, work to, to put in for them as well, but it can be often a more straightforward way to address these increasingly complex um, issues. So when these vendors do these tie-ups or strategic alliances, they can work together to create outcomes that they wouldn't have been able to do on their own. And then this, again, uh, accelerates digital transformation and the whole cycle that I just explained kind of goes on and on. So that's the, um, the, the kind of the crux of it, really, of why these are, are popping up um, more and more now. So that's interesting. Um, are there any key motivators then that we can identify that are driving vendors to do these alliances? Yeah, no, definitely. So no alliance is um, is the same and, you know, they're all different and they're all looking to um, to target, you know, different areas of the market and, you know, different aims within vendors. So with that in mind, um, you know, a lot of the, the companies have, you know, different motivators when it comes to it. But having said that, we can um, tie these together and, you know, we can collect them up into um, various different categories, I guess, which makes it simpler. So the first one is something um, something that I alluded to earlier on, actually, which we refer to as co-creation. And what we mean by this is um, what I mentioned about making sure that the outcome is something that's new and different. Um, so vendors are, are kind of looking at that customer outcome. So that's the one motivator. Um, the second one is just a, a general recognition, I guess, that channels are becoming ecosystems. And what I mean by that is that in the past, historically, it would have been um, pretty accurate to describe the channel in a really linear model. So um, vendor, distributor, reseller, and then the end user. Um, but now that's moving more to um, an ecosystems type um, model where it's more of a more of a web, I guess, than a linear um, motion. So different companies within the channel, um, they're not kind of restricted to that, um, that model. They can work with others. You get vendors working with vendors, partner to partner relationships as well. So all of this, um, you know, with all of this in mind, that's a kind of a recognition of this among vendors and means that they can um, sort of take advantage of that. So that's another of the, the key motivators. Um, the third one is, um, I suppose, partnering for, for capabilities. As I mentioned, it can be, um, you know, a, a long and costly process to, to acquire and to um, build up capabilities themselves. But by partnering for capabilities, whether it's technology or skills, um, or even a distribution or a go-to-market model. Um, these sorts of things are, 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 are a key motivator for the vendors. Um, another um, one of the motivators is um, new business models. We're seeing um, in the, the sort of cloud world, things like industry cloud um, pop up where sort of, you know, industry specific clouds are being made often by customers. Um, so these kind of new business models are something that vendors can really um, sort of take advantage of. And then finally as well, another of the key motivators is security. Um, no surprises there, it's a, it's a really hot topic. Um, so sort of teaming up with security, I suppose that the rationale is that it's a, a stronger attack on, on cyber threats if companies um, are working together rather than on their own. So those are just uh, sort of the, you know, some, some of the key categories. But as I mentioned, as all of the um, alliances are different and you know everyone's strategic objectives are different, um, the, the motivators behind them can, can vary as well. But I think those um, five just kind of sort of neatly categorise just some of the ones that we're seeing in the industry now. The security question must be, diff must be more difficult because um, if you're partnering and moving data between two different partners the security um, becomes more crucial doesn't it you know there's more vulnerability there's more potential issues 
Yeah, I mean that's a that's an interesting one, and I guess that one of the key challenges with um, with alliances in general is um, it, it's trust and it's kind of building up those relationships between companies as well, and, and security is a part of that. Um, so I mean that's just one of the one of the challenges that um, that we see on that. Yeah. Uh, can you give us some specific examples of some cloud alliances and what they entail? Yeah, no, definitely. There are um, there are loads of different um, examples, and as I mentioned, then that the motivators um, sort of vary quite a lot. So the actual um, how these alliances um, manifest themselves um, do vary quite a lot too. So, for example, um, HPE Hewlett Packard Enterprises um, uh, Cloud Twenty Eight Plus program can be um, defined in some ways as you know sort of facilitating strategic alliances. Um, but what, just another um, a more sort of uh, specific one between two companies is um, Salesforce and, and IBM. So this was something that they, um, a, an artificial intelligence tie-up that they announced earlier on this year. Um, and it combines IBM Watson and Salesforce Einstein, um, both um, artificial intelligence offerings from, from them respectively. And they were, um, they, I've talked about this quite a lot and they've um, done a lot of demos on this and the one at the Salesforce um, World Tour earlier on this year um, that they that they demoed was um, a example of a car insurance company and this is just trying to demonstrate the, the value that they can give here. So I think the scenario was that there was a, a hailstorm or some, some big storm coming towards London and so IBM predicted that through Watson and told the car insurance company but then that company was able to, using Salesforce Einstein, look through its um, database of customers to see which ones were, you know, in the the area where the storm was going to hit. And then they were able to, through their their offering um, on artificial intelligence, they're able to pinpoint these customers, send out an alert to them, which was personalized depending on their preferences, and say, put your car under cover because there's a storm coming so I guess that the outcome of that we've been talking about outcomes quite a lot um is that the customer doesn't have their car wrecked by a storm which is obviously good and the um the insurance company has fewer claims coming in so a win-win on that front um so I guess the the key point for this for me the thing that really jumped out was that both of these companies are providing something which they couldn't have otherwise and so IBM can you know look at the weather and Salesforce can find the customers um but it's together that, but alone, the customer's car would still have been um, damaged by by the hail. So I suppose that's um, that's a key example of that. And um, another example, actually, as well, um, is is Sage and um, and with Salesforce again. And this is um, Sage Live is um, its platform, which is built on on Salesforce. This is this is an example from a couple of years ago, back in two thousand fifteen. Um, and Sage Live is is the crux of it. So together, um, they're sort of outcome focused again, and they're aiming to, to simplify the lives of, um, of SMBs, I guess, um, by reducing the number of software systems that they're using. Um, and this alliance is particularly interesting because it's prompted a kind of a sort of cross-pollination in a way of, um, of each of the company's partners. So Sage partners um, teaming up with Salesforce and vice versa as well. And I guess that that really sort of demonstrates the value that they see in the alliance that they'll then go on to, to work with the other vendor. Um, so they're just a couple of examples, but um, but there's plenty um, sort of, you know, occurring in the industry at the moment that um, that can be looked at in, in more detail. 
No, absolutely. And you can always get in touch with IDC and have a bit of a chat with our Channels and Lancers team if you want to hear more about some of the examples. Definitely. Um, so do you see this type of alliance activity continuing? Is this going to grow? Is it going to stay the same? Or is it, is it going to shrink as time goes on? What do you think? What are your predictions? Yeah, it's an interesting one. And we only see um, strategic alliances becoming more and more important for vendors. So as I mentioned um, to begin with, so digital transformation is is driving this and, and cloud. And there's no signs of that. Um, you sort of abating at the moment. So this you know really big um, mega trend, I guess, in the industry, we, we see um, strategic alliances becoming more strategic to the actual vendors themselves. Um, and then by, by 2020, we predict that I think half of organisations will be using partner alliances in some way um, to maintain sort of customer retention, boost consumption, um, and just achieve customer satisfaction goals. And, um, and further as well, we believe that alliances are going to fill about 30% of, of gaps that companies have. And this can be um, in terms of technology um, or distribution gaps or, or skills gaps as well as as we've mentioned as well. So we definitely see that this trend is, is something that will continue and, and um, more and more vendors will look to, um, to, uh, to use. Okay, so thank you very much, Hannah. And thank you all very much for listening. Please make sure you subscribe on iTunes or SoundCloud so you can join us next time when we discuss another topic affecting the IT industry. In the meantime, you can always follow us on Twitter. We're at IDC underscore EMEA. You can also follow Hannah as well. Are you on Twitter? Yep, it's at HK Breeze. There we go. And of course, we're on Facebook, YouTube and LinkedIn as well. Just search for us there under IDC. Thank you and see you next time.